your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City. Move it high, throw down, and it's wide, and Bobby has 30 steals in his rookie season. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. Just Luke and Dusty for the rest of the night. Nine one three five eight six seven six two. We'll get into the richer of the week here at about seven forty five. Um, it came from last night. Alabama now up six. We like that. We need them to win by seven for the parlay to hit. We just need Houston to win the money line. So thirty four forty. Alabama up six with uh, thirty forty eight. Thirteen forty eight left. Uh, as Alabama just fouls San Diego State after a free throw miss. Hate to see it. Um, but did you enjoy those games last night, Luke? Because I thought that was probably Dude, yeah. that was probably the night that really put March Madness on top of the world. That game was amazing. The Gonzaga-UCLA game? Yeah. And then uh, the Michigan State-Kansas State game was nuts, which I thought was oh, funny because before the game started, uh, there was a promotional ad from Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was like, if any game goes into overtime, you get six free boneless wings. Last night was Thursday, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure that Thursday night's like the thirty cent boneless wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. So you really could have collected last night, right when that game went to overtime. Let's say you're like two thirty-two ounces deep, and you're like, you know what, I need some wings. I'm going to get six boneless wings, and then you're going to give me my six free boneless wings. Or do you have to, like, wait a week? Yeah, I don't think that guy uh, who's suing Buffalo Wild Wings is uh, going to be partaking in that. That was last week's Richard of the Week, if you remember. Yeah, I do remember. Right? I was there. You know what I mean? Uh, This was last night. I mean, it was just a basketball play uh, between me and Keontae. Uh, We we knew how Michigan State, you know, plays defense. They play high up. Um, And Keontae just told me, like, we got eye contact, and he was like, blah, blah. You know, I just I just threw it up, and he he made a, a great play. Last night, K State beats Michigan State in overtime, and I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time that there's a game in Madison Square Garden, something happens magical. Whether it's LeBron going off for like fifty plus, whether it's Jordan going off for fifty plus, um. And last night, Marquise Noel had 19 assists. That is an NCAA March Madness tournament record. Um, And that young man, I'm not saying that he's playing with the world on his shoulders, but Calipari disrespected him, called him the little kid. Marquise Noel has been one of the best players in the Big 12 all year long. And... Last night really solidified it because at one point he had zero points and six assists, but he was the best player on the court. And then he has the ankle issue where he goes up for the layup. They don't call the foul. He comes down on it. It's 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 a messy little sprain. And by the end of the night, it was completely swollen. And then he goes full Patrick Mahomes, right? I think even McKenzie Nelson of 41 Action News tweets out something about his ankle. And if Patrick Mahomes give me advice and Patrick Mahomes just responds with, I think the kid's going to be okay. Flex emoji. But it makes you wonder about this K-State team and Jerome Tang. Because 
when you look at this team and you look at the division they came in, um, it's interesting because KU is always the big team. Texas still in the in the run for for March Madness. They'll play again later tonight against Xavier. That game is going to be nuts, man. That game is going to be. I'm yeah, glad, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I, I'm glad that game's coming on kind of towards the end of this show. We get home and really dial into that game because that's going to be just dog versus dog. Yeah. And, but what I thought was interesting about K State last night is the fact that they played Tom Izzo and Michigan State, who for some reason, and my roommate kind of alluded to this as well, about how K-State or Michigan State can be pretty minute the entire season and then get into the tournament and everything clicks. And a lot of that is just like that Tom Izzo type of magic that he can run and and, and kind of just being a veteran coach in the system. And he and it, at, at one point, K-State looked really good. And then it kind of got close, and then of course they go to overtime, and then the end is the end is there. But I thought that Marquise Noel's 19 assists last night, the record in the NCAA tournament history, and just something about Madison Square Garden. So it made me think, like, what are the top 10 things that have happened at Madison Square Garden? You look at their defining moments in 1970. The New York Knicks won their first championship, obviously. 1971, Ali Frazier fought. Uh, it was the fight of the centuries, what they called it. Uh, 73, the uh, Knicks won a championship again. 1974, John Lennon's final performance. 85, WrestleMania hosts its inaugural event at Madison Square Garden. 94, the Rangers win the Stanley Cup. 99, Wayne Gretzky retires as a New York Ranger. Um, and many, many other things, right? A lot of things have happened. In fact, a Bruce Springsteen story, if you want to know this, he had a song called 41 Shots. And it was about a child that got killed by a police officer. Uh, they thought he was had a gun in his hand. It was a wallet. And Madison Square Garden officials said, please, whatever you do, do not sing this song. So, of course, Springsteen sings the song. And not only that, but he says 41 shots 41 times. And throughout the entire song. And before the song starts, he hushes the crowd, quiets them down. And Madison Square Garden banned Bruce Springsteen from performing in Madison Square Garden. That lasted one year when they realized that Bruce Springsteen was an iconic performer that he is, the money that he could make for that, that arena, and they brought him back. So like the text line in Binkley, you might get banned, but you can get unbanned. But I thought it was crazy because K-State right now might have a legitimate shot at making the Final Four. And their odds are ones that if you want to get on board and you want to you know, kind of have some fun watching this team and, and moving forward throughout the entire rest of the tournament, which we have the Elite Eight tomorrow with them. They'll play, I forget what time they're playing tomorrow, but they'll play tomorrow on Saturday so you can hear all the action here on 610 Sports Radio uh, as Wyatt Thompson and the gang will go in uh, to it. But again, what you can hear on 610 Sports Radio is stuff like this. Here's Walker with six seconds. Got up into the air and knocked away. K-State's got the ball. Two seconds, one second. Noel layup. Yes, at the buzzer. And K-State has won it in overtime. They knock off a fabulous team in Michigan State. Keontae Johnson and the Cats are moving on. Wow, what a play. Wildcats win it 98-93. to There's also more involved with this K-State team because obviously Jerome Tang, the assistant to Scott Drew, won the COVID championship that year that Baylor won it. Keontae Johnson fainted on the court for Florida. You saw that story if you watched the pregame ahead of that. And then Marquise Noel, man. And little guys at K-State will always kick the big guy's ass. 
Deuce Vaughn, small running back, powerful, did a lot for K-State. Darren Sproles, another one. And now Marquise Noel continues to build that legacy that is um, building throughout this team. And when you look at Jerome Tang, we've done the we've done the history, and Luke has uh, been kind enough to know that kick that K State tip off is at five oh nine. So you'll hear K State broadcast tomorrow on this station at four o'clock. So if you want to hear college basketball guy who wanted to hear San Diego State Alabama tomorrow four o'clock, K State Wyatt Thompson and the crew on six ten Sports Radio leading you up to the tip off. That is thanks to Luke telling me at five oh nine. Fantastic job, Luke. Thank you very much. But this K-State team, and we, we talked about this last week, that there's a lot of people that are like KU Missouri fans. Totally understand it. Luke, you're a diehard Arkansas fan. There's a little bit of you rooting for this K-State team. Absolutely. I, right? Absolutely. I saw that game last night. That was, in, that was you got to root for these guys. It's the best story in the tournament left, I think. Um, they're the most exciting team with the, all the alley-oops. Yeah. Smallest guy on the court. Uh, yeah, you got to cheer for him, man. Jerome Tang, first-year coach, come on. Right, and I think that, you know, when you look at K-State, they're never going to be considered, you know, the top team in the Big 12 because, unfortunately, Kansas is there. Now, Texas leaving, Oklahoma leaving, Houston entering, that'll change a little bit of shift of power, but they beat KU this year. They're now in the Elite Eight. They're now playing, in my opinion, in house money. I think getting to the Sweet 16 was K-State at the beginning of the year. You put it on the bulletin board. You said, hey, we're going to be in the Sweet 16. How's that make you feel? I think... 70% of K-State fans, maybe that's a, a little less than what it should be, but I think 75% of K-State fans probably would have been like, you know what, if we get to the if we get to the Sweet 16 and win that game and get to the Elite Eight, man, retire my jersey as a K-State fan because I know Grant Nicholson's going nuts. I know he's a big fan of it. I know he's dialed in. But, man, you get K-State in the Final Four, you get Jerome Tang in a first-year head coaching job, look out. And K-State's program is doing great. KU's program's doing great. Missouri's program in basketball, good. Good. 816, don't forget about Jacob Pullen, another small guy from K-State. Damn straight. Jacob Pullen was, was cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. And, and, I mean, K-State just does it, man. And there's not a better feeling that you could have right now and, and as a basketball team and a football team with what you have manning your programs in football and basketball. Again, 610 Sports Radio, your home for K-State Athletics. Um, remember Wu-Tang Financial on Chappelle. This was Wu-Tang Basketball, no doubt. No doubt. Somebody from the 816, hey, Wolf, Springsteen was cool until he jumped on that Biden bandwagon. Well, he also just received, like, a national honor at the White House. So, like, he's kind of – plus he's got a Kennedy Awards uh, medal. Bruce is friends with everybody. Yeah, except, like, certain people. Don't talk, don't talk name on the Bruce, man. I'll, I'll come after you. I'll come after you quick, man. I promise you that. Uh, coming up on the other side, you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Trail. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Luke. On the other side of this, um, I want you to look at the Chiefs as a book, not chapters. I'll explain next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nick Schwartz. And Bink. And Kristen Ocero. With the NFL Draft coming to Kansas City this April, we've launched the Character Concerns podcast, leading you all the way up to the first round at Union Station. We'll get into all my award-winning mock drafts, who I want the Chiefs to take, who squatted what weight at the Combine. What awards? We all know why it's called Character Concerns, because Bink's got some problems. We're going to release new 
episodes every Tuesday, so subscribe now on the Odyssey app at 610sports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Jacob Poland story that's really funny. So in college, uh, we had a guy that we bet through, and I believe KUK State played in their last matchup of the regular season. And uh, I think the best part about this was that he doubled his money. So he was down, I want to say he was down like $400, $500 with betting throughout the season. And he puts it all on KU to cover. And I believe KU is like, I want to say a, th- a three-point favorite. And they're playing K-State. Jacob Pullen's still there. And there's like probably like five seconds left. KU's up five. And KU goes up five with like, I don't know, I think there was like eight seconds left. K-State gets the ball. Jacob Pullen just like trots down through half court, throws up a last second three as the game expires, swishes it. K State covers. Oh my God. Oh, he dropped to the floor. <laughs> like I've never seen a grown man like <laughs> literally go weak in the knees over sports betting. That ball swished. And this guy's, he's a big frame guy. Like he's a big daddy. He's probably like 6'1, 240. Meat was an all state wrestler. And, uh, I mean, just completely collapsed to the floor. Jacob Pullum dropped him. Literally. I mean, it was crazy because we're all watching it. And we're, you know, we know what he has on the line. You know how when like people are betting, like, here we go, here we go, here we go. By the way, Miami, uh, Houston halftime, that game in Kansas City, San Diego State is tied with Alabama with 8.53 left in the game, 48-48. So buckle up on that one. Looks like Alabama may not cover as... San Diego State just hits a three to go up 51-48 with 8.39 left in that game in the Sweet 16. Winner advances to the Elite Eight in Louisville. Next game will be Princeton versus Creighton, which it should be Missouri versus Creighton. Ah, what could have been. Uh, Shout out to the politics guy. Everybody, including your mother, hates you. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Bama rifles a three, misses it. So San Diego State has the ball going back down the other way. They go left to right. Uh, if you're looking at your screen or if you're not, that's where they're going. It's 51-48, 8 left in that game as, uh, well, Alabama's just getting the beats uh, from San Diego State as they go up 53-48 to with an and one upcoming. So Roll Tide Willie on Instagram is not going to be very happy. Uh, but when we went to the break, I want to describe this because this is kind of an update on what the Chiefs have done so far this offseason – when it comes to what they've done. The additions, Juwan Taylor, um, the D-tackle from, or the DN from San Francisco, Omaniu, uh, Drew Tranquil, and Mike Edwards. They've lost Andrew Wiley, Michael Burton, Colin Saunders, Juju Smith-Schuster, Juan Thornhill, Orlando Brown, Ronald Jones, and McCole Hardman. And this really had me thinking, because somebody on the text line, which you guys are all 
uh, perfectly awesome in the way that you do it, really made a good point about how the Chiefs remind them of like a Game of Thrones when it comes to characters that you tend to like and then they seem to, in a blink of an eye, be gone. And we remember a year ago yesterday was the anniversary of Tyreek Hill being traded to the Miami Dolphins. So far, it seems like it's worked out pretty well for the Chiefs just after one year, right? With the addition of Sky Moore, scores a touchdown to Super Bowl, the game-winning touchdown, essentially, and even though they won by a field goal, either way. But the addition of a young receiver, they have team control of. You didn't have to pay Tyreek Hill a ton of money. He did great for Miami. It worked out brilliantly for both teams in one year. And then there was the picture that really, really sunk in with the Game of Thrones type of... I guess the type of vibe that it is, and it was that the Legion of Zoom is dead, and Tyreek Hill even quote tweeted it and said it because there was a picture at one point of Hardman, Watkins, Pringle, Hill, all of them together, and uh, I think the other one was Demarcus Robinson. And at the time, before this picture was taken, all of the guys that were obviously off the team were in black and white, and then McCall Hardman's jersey was the only one that was red. And within a year to the day, the Chiefs get rid of McCall Hardman. He goes to the New York Jets, And now that is done, right? And that just made me think of the picture of like the Stark family where it was like Ned, Rob, Catlin, you know, Rickon, all these Stark kids that maybe you had maybe a connection to, you liked them a little bit more, and they're no longer here. And when you look at that, yes, those are little stories throughout the Game of Thrones novels, just kind of like the Chiefs. They are a novel. They are building a book. They're not building chapters. Chapters are for teams that just want to be known for a splash. The Rams, the Bills, the Chargers. We'll see about Philadelphia. But the Kansas City Chiefs are building a novel for this franchise. The core characters are still there. Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. And... In this sort of day and age of the NFL where money gets tight, talent gets, you know, maybe spread out more often than not, guys get the big contracts, the position that gets paid tends to fluctuate throughout time. But with the Legion of Zoom officially done, no longer, none of those guys are there. And with even additions like last year where you saw a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster and everybody was like, well, he loves it here. I speak for Juju on this. Okay. And then Juju Smith-Schuster goes to New England. He got his ring. He had his time. He made his connections. He did exactly what the Chiefs signed him up to do. He was an impactful player for this franchise. People that are diehard Kansas City Chiefs fans will always remember the year that Juju Smith-Schuster was here. It's hard not to. He had a really good drive in the Super Bowl. Sammy Watkins, another one of those guys. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs are building a book. They're not building chapters. And with Mahomes as your quarterback and Andy Reid as your head coach and Brett Veach as your captain, as general manager, it's going to look like this throughout time. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have concerns that say to themselves, well, I don't want the Chiefs to do to Mahomes like the Packers did to Rodgers. Well, that's impossible. You shouldn't have that thought process in your head because the Kansas City Chiefs have been to five consecutive AFC Championship games. They've been to three Super Bowls and they've won two rings. Rodgers will never win a Super Bowl ring again unless he's a backup for Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to win a Super Bowl with New York. 
That division is too loaded. He's too past his prime. And I don't think he has the full love for football. We don't even know if he's going to be a New York Jet yet. We assume it. But the way I look at Patrick Mahomes to wrap up the Game of Thrones type of chapters slash novels topic is that when you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's the Jon Snow. As long as this man is alive and well, and as long as this man is control, and everybody knows that he's in control and he's the biggest badass on the team, you're going to be just fine. And just like the next show that's coming, the Jon Snow stories, where he goes north of the wall, just like Patrick Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes is going to consistently get better for the next five to seven years. You heard Kyle Brandt audio earlier. He's a talent of mass destruction. The first five years of your career are supposed to be the sweet times where it's like, well, you might figure it out, might show a glimpse of hope, might show a glimpse of being a stud, and then all of a sudden, 28, 29, it's like, hello, this man is a force to be reckoned with. Patrick Mahomes has already done that. Patrick Mahomes has already proven that. And when you have someone of that talent, as the late, great Therese Paylor once said, a generational unicorn, you don't need studs everywhere. You need guys that get the system. You need guys that are willing to play for the team. You need guys that fit the mold, which means you don't need guys that are out here saying, I want to be the highest paid player at my position. Didn't happen with Orlando Brown Jr. Did not happen with Tyreek Hill. They were willing to give Tyreek Hill the money, but they didn't do it. They let him go somewhere else. It's tough. It hurts. We all know where we were when the red wedding happened. No way that just happened. What are we going to do now? That was season three. That was book three. They're still waiting on the last book to be written, just like the Chiefs still have a lot of time until the last pages are done. Luckily, Andy Reid is a little bit more adamant towards getting this book finished than one George R. R. Martin is as I wrap up my geek slash sports take when it comes to the Chiefs and Game of Thrones. But again, look at the Chiefs as a novel. Don't look at them as just chapters. This is not for the people that want to see a flash in the pan. This is a team that is built for many, many years because of what they have at quarterback, youth, athleticism, and dominance. And when you put those three things together, it's going to be a long ride for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's going to be longer for everybody else that's challenging them. Uh, One of the more bizarre stories happened yesterday in football, one I've never seen before. I know they talked about it a little bit yesterday in the air. Um, Ken Francis. I'm not sure that's an actual person. Luke, Dusty, 610 Sports Radio, you're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, Kansas City. This is Brady Singer, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Six ten Sports Radio. Dusty Likens with you. Luke with you as well. Little Phoenix. Big fan. Fits right though. That's where the Chiefs just recently won their last game. Or Scottsdale, or whatever it's called, Glendale, Phoenix, Scottsdale. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. I meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what you're doing. Um. It was all part of the plan. Yeah. Um, from the 402, does that make the Bengals the Ramsey House of Bolton? I mean, they're. Uh, 
I guess. I feel like it makes Bill Belichick like Walter Frey, right? You just go in there. Mm, yeah. You know. That's a good one. Pat Mahomes goes in so there does with that a different make, face. Is uh, Joffrey, who is that? Joe Burrow. <laughs> Blonde, blue eyes. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking Brady. Nah, because Brady's gone. Brady's an afterthought. Unless like something wild happens on draft night and like he spoils the whole thing. So Baratheon then, the the King Baratheon. No, because Baratheons are good people. Hmm. I feel like a Baratheon would be like I Yeah. I don't know, man. Like Baratheons were, were great. They're just their king was a was lazy and dumb. I think I'm gonna use my entire weekend to think about this. You could. Are you here Sunday or is that Grant? I think it's Grant. Okay. I'm sure we'll do some more shows together. Well, I'm saying there's like on my own. I'm going to like. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Dive into this, it. This is my yeah. I found my weekend plans. This is good. Aaron Rodgers is Littlefinger. <laughs> there you go. New York is Sansa Stark. <laughs> just always obsessed, but never had a chance, and always just fed him lies to to fit his narrative. What do you think, uh, what do you think about Adam Schefter as the? Uh, the he's like Lord the, Varys, the eunuch. Yeah, at Schefter's What's just Varys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Lord you, Varys. Me and you think on the same level right yeah. there. That's exactly what I was like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Schefter wants to be known as a eunuch. Well, that's. Um, not, I didn't mean because he, he's yeah. a eunuch. I feel like yeah. Jay Glazer is a perfect Lord Varys. <laughs> he's like the little bald headed guy that gets all the information. Oh, that's good actually. The spiders <laughs> talking the wall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. That's tough. Um, maybe Adam Thielen is Jamie Lannister. He's down a hand in denial that he's not going to a, to a championship house, but says he's going somewhere that's competitive. Uh, shame. Anyways, mm. I could do game of Thrones. Yeah, all night. We, we could make this a whole hour. So how about the Lamar Jackson stuff yesterday? Right. Ken Francis, all that stuff comes out and here's all this information. The NFL is like, please do not, uh, do not entice yourself with, with Ken Francis, it's if you type in Ken on Twitter, it's the first thing that comes up. As after tweeted out yesterday, source NFL has sent out a memo to all clubs letting them know that the NFLPA informed the league that a person by the name of Ken Francis, who is not an NFLPA certified agent, may be contacting teams and attempting to persuade them to to persuade them personnel to enter into negotiations with Lamar Jackson. Um, Tom Pelissero doubles down and says. Ken Francis is a Florida man who most recently was pitching a home fitness invitation or invention. I'm told he's now trying to negotiate a nine figure contract with NFL teams who are being told they're not allowed to negotiate with him because he's not a certified agent. And the NFL sent out a, you know, a whole memo of like, please do not do this. Do not do that. Here's what he is. Um, as uh, clubs are reminded that under Article 48 of the NFL Collective Bargain Agreement, an, other sh- an offer sheet which may result in an NFL player contract may only be negotiated with the player if he is acting on his own behalf or with the player's NFLPA certified agent. To be clear, Mr. Jackson is not currently represented by an NFLPA certified agent. Violation of this rule may result in disapproval of any offer sheet resulting player contract in, entertained into by Mr. Jackson and now the new club. For additional information, please contact blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever you want to do. Um, and, man. Wow. 
this Lamar Jackson thing is still going to come with another two curveballs, I feel. Lamar Jackson betting on himself in the biggest point of his career with an MVP and a lot of talent within his body, it seems like he's not doing the right thing. And I, I support young players that, you know, might get a little disrespect when it comes to, you know, the way that they're perceived by the league. Um, but this was all interesting because it all started last year when these conversations started to, you know, become a thing where it was like, well, LeBron Jackson is, you know, looking for a fully guaranteed contract. You can blame the Cleveland Browns all you want with what they did to Deshaun Watson and gave him the fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson reportedly saying that he turned down $200 million and wants to be represented by himself, doesn't want to hire an agent. And then the end of the season comes to a full circle, and we see that Lamar Jackson has, you know, a knee injury, sits out, doesn't want to, you know, I guess doesn't really want to, you know, tamper what could be a big payday. And now, unfortunately, of course, with the NBA or with the NFL, it's one of those things where it's like, well, when it comes to a contract, just like I had mentioned a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Derek Jeter thing on his uh, documentary where he was uh, trying to you know, avoid arbitration with the Yankees and try to get paid, and the Yankees, who Derek Jeter is in the Monument Hall of Fame. He's a captain. He's a baseball Hall of Famer. He's whatever you want to say about him. The Yankees still, still knocked him down three or four pegs with annoying, you know, knocks towards why they didn't want to give him money. And Derek Jeter is one of the, I guess you could probably argue, but you would a lot of people would say in New York that Derek Jeter is one of the greatest Yankees of all time. Never played anywhere else, wore the C on his jersey, and still, when he was going towards arbitration, they were like, well, your defense is subpar, your bat's not really electric, you know, what can you do to really improve this team for the longevity of it? We don't know if we want to pay you that money. Even Derek Jeter. And now you have Lamar Jackson in a situation where everything is coming back to hurt him. No agent sitting out the last part of the year. They're going to bring up character concerns like, well, did you really care about your team? If you would have played, you might have had a chance to go to the playoffs. That would have been big on your resume. You do have the MVP on your resume. We know you're a Heisman Trophy winner out of Louisville. And you have gobs of talent. But this is not going well for Lamar Jackson. And then you add all of that which was basically the full season of, is he going to play for the Ravens? Are they going to give him a contract? Yada, yada, yada. And then you get into this Ken Francis stuff. And in a day and age where you have all of this type of, you know, social media, people are able to get their opinions out. You have little trolls like Schefter and Glazer that are going to spin it on their own dime, get it out, make it their own thing. And then it becomes everybody's kind of involved and everybody currently kind of knows what's going on with the Lamar Jackson situation. And quite honestly, it's sad because we have a very talented quarterback that is not being offered anything yet. He's also back against the wall because whatever he gets offered, the Ravens can counter offer and he stays with the Ravens. He's not happy in that house. They're not happy with him in that house. It is a situation of disaster, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And, oh, by the way, the draft is in one month. One month. And Lamar Jackson still with no contract, still with no ray of light where it's coming for him in the future of the NFL. And here we are, March 24th, 2023, 
and Lamar Jackson still on no team. I mean, Daniel Jones got signed before Lamar Jackson. Aaron Rodgers essentially said he's playing for the Jets before Lamar Jackson. And it's just a wild turn of events. And like Kristen Ocero said one night, it's like somebody going into court and representing themselves and everybody just attacks that person because they have no defense. You don't have an agent out here saying that's not true. This is what he's doing. This is not what he's doing. Lamar Jackson's story is one of the most wild NFL sports stories I've ever, ever seen. It's 742. We postponed it an hour. Coming up on the other side, we get to our Richard of the Week. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. The 610 Sports Radio phone line is brought to you by Underlaw Injury Lawyers. Visit GetJim.com. Hey, this is Brett Veach, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Say what? Shut up, my consorting with a known felon. Shut up, Richard. That. You get it? Yes. Oh, Richard, I'm so happy you pulled Back in on 610 Sports Radio, it's that time of the night. Normally do this around 645, as Jay Binkley calls it his favorite segment of this program. It is not sponsored, but somebody could show some love and step up. Alabama down 66-62 to San Diego State. There's 51 seconds left. They just shot a three, missed it, got the rebound, put it up. 64-66. Can this game go to overtime? 46.9 seconds left. Alabama down two to San Diego State. We've got to finish, boys. College basketball Richard of the season, Brandon Miller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. This is After Hours. I am Dusty Likens. That is Luke. He's not the Richard of the Week. Text Line's not the Richard of the Week. Richard of the Week this week happened last night. This can happen on Monday. It could happen on Wednesday. It could happen at Thursday at around, I don't know, 8.30 at night. Tom Izzo, Richard of the Week. But I mean, they banked in two shot clock threes. There were, and they made some big plays, but some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays. And, and I didn't think we played our best. I think some of it was them. I think some of it was us. But boy, we bounced back in that second half. One more time for those of you who have a hard hearing in the back. But I mean, they banked in two shot clock threes. There were, and they made some big plays, but some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays. And, and I didn't think we played our best. I think some of it was them. I think some of it was us. But boy, we bounced back in that second half. Tom Izzo is. Tom Izzo's a punk, man, for that comment. And you guys got beat. You got beat. K-State beat you. I know the play that you're referencing, which is the Marquise Noel. The shot clock was getting ready to go zero. He threw it up. It went in. That's not why you lost. You lost because one team was better than you. Fouls were not an issue. Officiating wasn't an issue. 
And the disrespect that you're going to give because they got lucky shots, they banked in threes. Give me a break, man. Give credit where credit's due. John Calipari did the same thing, and then three days later, he had apologized to Marquise Noel, and then Marquise Noel went on Twitter and said, me and Calipari, we're good. You got beat. Admit you got beat. Sorry, Tom. You were a seven seed. You lost to a three seed. They beat you. Fair and square. Was it a lucky play when Marquise Noel threw up the uh, alley-oop that was a reverse slam by Keontae Johnson? Don't think so. I remember when the camera panned to your face, Izzo. And you just went, eh, well. Not only that, Marquise Noel looked at the crowd and said, watch this. They asked him about it. Didn't matter. You got beat. I mean, it was just a basketball play uh, between me and Keontae. Uh, we, we, we knew how Michigan State, you know, plays defense. They play high up. Um, and Keontae just told me, like, we got eye contact, and he was like, lob, lob. And, you know, I just, I just threw it up, and he, he made a, a great play. And you know what Marquise Noel did before he went to talk about the game? He said, let's hand it out to Michigan State. That was a good team. They played their asses off. That was a fun game. Not, oh, man. That game shouldn't have gone to OT. They got lucky we didn't hit the shot. We were winning. Tom Izzo's a poor sport. You don't like it, stop them. It's like those people that go into the NFL and they're like, well, they shouldn't have put that touchdown up at the end of the game. That was Bush League. Nah, man. Not only that, but the layup at the end of the game by Marquise Noel covered the spread for K-State. Live wow. betting. Live betting. Wow. At one point, you can live bet uh, in the second half. Michigan State plus four and a half. That layup made K-State win by five. So- how, how is Marquise Noel the adult in the room? How is it that he is being more mature than these two grown men who are teaching? He's the, he is the college basketball player, and he's handling it like a pro. Because he's not, his name's not Richard Noel. <sighs> Like it is Richard Izzo. It is what it is, man. These two like, grown men are acting like children. Loser mentality, as CDOT would say. Yeah. Loser mentality. Big time loser mentality. Why? Because they've won for all these years. And what I'm really surprised at, oh, that's a flex. That was nice. San Diego State up 69-64. They are wow. going to beat Alabama. I am as they head here to the free, for it. As they head to the free throw line. And as they go to the free throw line, the guy that blocks the shot as Alabama went for a layup, they tried to go coast-to-coast, quick layup, foul, didn't get the shot in. After the shot, thumbs down. Thumbs down from the San Diego State lad. (laughs) How you like me now? As the tide is all but done. Not only that, you want to hear something shocking? Miami is up 70-53 to against Houston. Bracketologists should not be a career. It's tough. Tough. But Tom Izzo, man, thanks for being part of Richard of the Week. Once again, a segment on the show that is not sponsored, but could be. Um, it'd be really cool if Dick Sporting Goods sponsored. I mean, they banked in two shot clock threes. There were, <laughs> and they made some big plays, but some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays, and. And I didn't think we played our best. I think some of it was them. I think some of it was us. But, boy, we bounced back in that second half. But you didn't win.
and you went out a poor man sport. You went out as a guy that shouldn't say something like that. Because if it's in a perfect world where good coaches prevail and good coaches say the right thing in the right moments, you say, you know what? They beat us. They beat us fair and square. We lost. We lost to the better team. They were the higher seed. They played a better season. They played a tougher conference. They probably have the tournament player of the year in the in the March Madness tournament. I can't imagine somebody Absolutely. winning it over Marquise Noel. Absolutely. I already think that award might be over. I mean, you get 19 dimes and set the NCAA record for the March Madness tournament in one game. Unbelievable. Curtains. It, it is official. Let's go. San Diego State has beaten number one seeded Alabama in the March Madness tournament 71 to 64. The next game will be Creighton versus Princeton. There's got to be a lot of high IQs on that team, on that floor. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to Creighton or you're going to Princeton, man, you got to be a genius. Um, they would probably make more money like in their career choice other than playing professional basketball. Oh, I mean, you probably have like chemical engineers. Yeah. You probably have, you know, engineers, other engineers, mechanical engineers. Who knows? Princeton and Creighton are like the ideal school that's like 500 college athletes go pro in some things other than sports. <laughs> Enterprise. Find your car online or on the phone. Uh, that is Luke. I am Dusty. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. We only have an hour left. And like we do every single night at 8 o'clock, we will ask the out-of-left-field question. We like to have fun. It's Friday night. It's a crappy day outside. I doubt you're out getting zonked at the bars. I doubt you're out doing anything but sipping on a cold one or maybe a nice bathing. Maybe you're having a little snack. I think I might have to dive into hy V Sushi tonight. That's just where we're at. You know, 9 o'clock, 9.30, getting home. You got to get something. Got to be a little bit respectful. But again... This is After Hours. This is 610 Sports Radio. That's Luke. I'm Dusty. Coming up next, 913-586-7610. It's our time to ask the out-of-left-field question on 610 Sports Radio this After Hours. Tide got rolled. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.